Welcome back, boys and girls, to Blowing the Wind with the Great Southern Brain Farts. So happy to have you back. Thanks for coming. And thanks for checking out all of the previous episodes and whatnot. This really, this podcast has really been a lot of fun for me, and I've had a great time talking with so many amazing people. And this time around, we're talking to my good friend, Johannes Adonis, lead singer and songwriter for the band Lucifer. From the oath to her latest chapter of the band Lucifer, Johanna has been on a personal and artistic roller coaster for the past five years or so. Rising from the ashes like the phoenix that she is, Johanna returned unscathed, turning all that pain and suffering into what we now have as Lucifer II, the second coming, which was just recently released. Johanna is a very busy lady who never stops moving, and Lucifer is without a doubt her passion. I was lucky enough to actually pin her down long enough to talk about the new album, the new lineup, and her overall excitement about the future of Lucifer. Johanna is one of the sweetest, kindest people out there that I know, and she's one of my favorite musicians. So getting to talk to her was almost like a catch-up session more so than it was an interview. This was a really fun interview for me. And I really hope you all enjoy getting to know a little more about Johanna Sedonis if you don't know about her already. And if you do, well, you'll learn some new things. Without further ado, let's welcome Johanna Sedonis to Blowing Wind with the Great Southern Brain Fart. Well, Johanna, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, do this podcast with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, well, I guess since the first album came out. Since yes, and like you have really been through quite a bit. There is, it's been quite a tumultuous time for you, and um, I it's like I've, it's like I've told people. I said. I felt like you were like this phoenix that rose from the ashes and you really put so much of what I felt like was what was going on in your life straight into your music and it really shows on Lucifer 2 and I could not be happier with the results of that album. I mean, what a fantastic release. I mean, I'm super proud of you. That's very nice to hear. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, as a fan, and you probably know this yourself as a fan of of certain bands, is that when you love a band so much, you expect a lot and you set your expectations high. And the first, I've been a fan of yours since The Oath. <laughs> and with The Oath, I was like, okay, so she's got Lucifer. Is it going to be as good as The Oath? I was like, oh my God, it's better than The Oath. Okay, now Lucifer 2 is coming out. Is it going to be better than Lucifer 1? And now it's better than Lucifer 1. And so it's like, you keep exceeding my expectations, and I love that. But Oh, wow. So the pressure is on for the next album, then. <laughs> uh, oh, but regardless, I'm still going to like you. You know, you're always going to be my friend. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> I hope you'll be honest, I think. Well, so... 
that's what I wanted you to tell me a little bit about was the the, the making of the new album. So the making of, of Lucifer Two is. Um, one of the things I loved was that uh, leading up to the album, you kept refer you ref- not all the time, but you frequently referred to Lucifer as, as a rebirth, and which it really was. This is a whole new entity now, even though it's still you. You've got some new lifeblood in there, especially in the form of uh, Nick and Robin. How did having those two come aboard for Lucifer? change things for you steer you into the direction that you went well i have to say that robin actually joined um a longer time ago he joined when we played japan uh, after the first album came out uh because we needed to add a second guitar player to the lineup and uh so robin came into the picture i think in late 2015 and but i guess a lot of people are not so aware of it because he wasn't on the u.s tour uh right. he, he joined yeah, but uh, but we played live quite a bit with him now, and um, yeah, so he he has been with me, and um, yeah, Nick Nick started out as a personal relationship in September 2016, and um, when we started seeing each other, uh, yeah, I went on tour with Lucifer, and Gaz left after the tour, which was kind of a surprise because I didn't see it coming because we didn't have any problems, you know, not nothing between us. Mm-hmm. But but he decided to leave Lucifer and then uh, I was talking to Nika about it on the phone being my you know new boyfriend and um, I mean what do you do you know when the guy that you write songs with um, I wrote the first album with Gaz together mm-hmm. when that person leaves and then Nika was like had the idea how about we write together you know and that idea became way more concrete and we talked more and more about it and yeah and then we started to exchange material so, and it's the greatest thing because I've never been in a band um, writing songs with a boyfriend together. So that uh, was really an awesome thing to do because, you know, when you share everything and we have so much in common about uh, what we like in music and also what we like visually, you know, about mm-hmm. bands and like designs and layouts and stuff and how should a band look and all these things you know that uh, was a pretty uh, flawless uh, workflow so I know because I do remember when Robin joined the band in 15 to do some touring because I'd been a big fan of Saturn and he uh-huh. he, he had messaged me and said hey I just joined Lucifer <laughs> and I was like that is amazing oh my gosh and so I uh, and I waited and I waited and I waited and I hoped you guys would come because I'd been dying to see a two guitar lineup with that um, but when it came to the um, the um, the creative aspect. Did Robin participate much at all as far as the creative aspect of the album, or was that something mainly just that you and Nick um, took yeah. on yourselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the writing was between Nick and I. Okay. So Nick and I, we uh, wrote all the songs together, uh, and we made the demos, and then we... Uh, recorded them in Nick's studio and then Robin would join us and um, play solos and play the riffs that Nick wrote basically you know but uh, added his personal shrimping (laughs) (laughs) I love that word (laughs) shrimping I just made that up here you go (laughs) I want to use that from now on shrimping (laughs) 
<laughs> you should you should be like Gene Simmons and copyright that. And so anytime someone uses it, you can make money. You know. <laughs> I wish I was as clever and money making as Gene Simmons is. <laughs> with the, so with, so now that the album is. I mean, we're 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 approaching the release date very soon, correct? I mean, the yes. album is coming out very soon. It's coming out July sixth. Right. Yeah. So the feedback has been really positive. Is this something that you've looked at and thought to yourself, "Wow, okay, this is better than what I thought it was going to be," or did you really care? You know what I mean? Like, did you just say, "Like, this is the album that I'm making. Take it or leave it." No, I wish I was so cool, but I have to admit I'm not. So I I have to say that, of course, it matters to me what other people think, you know, mm -hmm. even though I wish it wasn't so. <laughs> but uh, I mean, most importantly, of course, you have to stand yourself behind the music and uh, be, be sincere about it. And I, for me personally, I think this last album is so far the best of what I've done so far not saying that I'm really great at what I do but uh, I think for me it has been a gradually development and um, I, of course I was hoping that other people would recognize it as that but I mean we will see you know I mean the uh, so far I only have the feedback of journalists and the feedback has been good yes but I mean let's see what um, the actual fans will say because of course there will be fans of the first album uh, that maybe will think oh it doesn't sound as doom as Lucifer one and that's to be expected you know but maybe it will open some other hearts and doors you know because it is uh, it goes in a little bit into a different plane and I would say, say it's way more open minded Do you hear how I'm I, I'm not really able to speak because of the wine that I had today with with Alien? <laughs> you sound great. I wouldn't have known if you would have told me. <laughs> okay, just for the for the listener, for the two people that listen to this. Oh, <laughs> no, no, that wasn't to you, or that was more different than me. I only make jokes on my own account. Okay? No, you. <laughs> who I had a nice um, glass of wine that turned into four glasses of wine today. <laughs> We've been friends long enough. You can make jokes on my account. <laughs> But actually, to, to, I really, I love the way that you, that you said that about the, the growth because I totally saw that as a fan. When I first heard The Oath, obviously, I loved The Oath. And I remember when you and I talked, shortly before Lucifer One came out, you had mentioned something about how certain fans were saying things like, oh, well, L Lucifer doesn't sound like The Oath, and we want the, we like The Oath, and da-da-da-da. And then Lucifer kind of picked up its own fan base. So, of course, I think you, there's going to be an aspect of people, you know, some people don't like change. I personally think that with this album, uh, Lucifer almost went into the direction of what I like to think, like what like Graveyard, what like Blues Pills does and whatnot. And that's, they never give you the same album twice. And so you never really know what to expect from them. And 
so when this album came out, I I really heard more of a classic rock kind of sound to it, where it was almost like, you know, I heard elements of Kiss, I heard elements of Heart, I heard elements of Zeppelin, and those were some of those elements, and even though there's still some Sabbath in there, because obviously you're a huge Sabbath fan, I didn't think that you relied as heavily upon the Sabbath influence on this album as you did, say, on the first album. Uh, I would say um, the first album was maybe more relying on the Sabbath parts that are very dark and heavy and classic doom. Uh But I think a lot of bands from that kind of genre nowadays that you throw into the modern doom kind of pot... Uh, or that dreadful word stoner, which I hate. I hate that word. We're going um, to talk, talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, people forget maybe a bit more of the other sides of Black Sabbath. You know, the ones because there were there was so much more to Black Sabbath than only that doom fuzzy part that a lot of bands these days pick up on. You know, there oh. was a lot more moody and bluesy and diverse things going on. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. It's totally, um, it is uh, opening up way more. I think the first album was maybe more attached to this doom underground metal scene thing. And that was just because I was, you know, the, the album was written between me and Gas Jennings. And Gas Jennings has his signature style of playing guitar like he did in Cathedral, uh-huh. which is a very 90s doom kind of style of playing and I mean how 70s can you get with that you know so we kind of mingled or stuff together there and um, I think uh, because the original idea for Lucifer for Lucifer before Gaz joined the band was actually you know when the old broke up and I sat down and I said okay I'm going to form a new band it's going to be called Lucifer and it's going to be a very 70s heavy rock influenced band uh-huh. and it became way more doom when then I found Gaz to write with but now it actually kind of returned way more to the original idea and that I think was a fateful thing because when Gaz left I thought, oh great, now I can rethink the sound of Lucifer again. And I thought it's perfect moment to return to that initial idea. And I think that that shows very much because the sound of this album, like I told you earlier, to me, it, it I was so, well, especially when California Sun was released. I got I, I was so excited by that song because I was like, this is not what I was expecting to hear. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it got me excited as a fan. And then when I got to hear, you know, the album as a whole, I mean, just so, so there were there were just so many songs, of, you know, that just seemed to pull from so many different um you know, influences, and, and, and like you said, much more broad than, say, the first one, you know, like, I mean, songs like Dreamer and Phoenix and, you know, I mean, those were just, like, Phoenix was like a Kiss song almost. Nika, you know, Nika, who's like a giant Kiss fan, uh, he said to me, because I told him what you said to me before in a Facebook message uh, about Kiss, and he's like, oh, come on, it doesn't sound as much as Kiss as he says. <laughs> Uh, do you know that that Nico is such a big Kiss fan? No, I did not. Though, but I'm a hu- but I'm a huge Kiss fan too. 
But the funny thing is, is I think that there are so many different elements and facets to different bands. And this is one of the things I also have to say that I loved about this record is that it can be interpreted so many different ways. You can hear so many different influences where like if I hear Kiss, which is funny that Nick didn't even hear Kiss in, in, in that song. But like there was an element of that of that particular song that I remember thinking like, wow, this sounds like one of the greatest Kiss songs never recorded. Do you know what I mean? Like because it had that kind of energy for me. I, I just think it's really interesting when you can have different takes on. Well, I guess it's like um, a lot of influences get get like filtered through in like a subconscious way, maybe uh-huh. through to music, and then it's also up to what the particular listener has as an association so other people pick up on different things than i pick up on or you pick up on it's it's really funny what people associate stuff with well i I hope he took it as a as a compliment not as an insult (laughs) but knowing that he's a huge kids fan i'm hoping he knew it was a compliment Oh yes. You know, as a musician myself, I, that happens to me a lot too. Is people come up to me and go, "You know, who you remind me of, you remind me of so and so," and I'll go, "I don't hear that at all." But if you heard that, cool. I appreciate it. <laughs> the cool thing about that is, is that people are listening, you know, and people are deciphering it, and they're kind of finding, like, oh. You know, they're, they're finding things in there that they can grasp onto and say, I really like this. This is what kind of channels me into it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's a bad thing when it reminds people of other great bands. You know, I think that's actually awesome. So if it moves somehow in some sort of way. So one of the things you talked about, and it was about the whole stoner rock <laughs> genre tag. And I had to have a chuckle about that because I talk about this a lot with my friends about how much I hate genre tags. A lot of times like, you know, and but that we have to put a tag on things sometimes to explain bands, like whether it's psych rock or, or um, classic that. rock or whatever. But stoner rock, for some reason to me, is one that never sat well with me. And what, 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 it, why, what is it about that particular tag that just pisses you off so much? I, I think it just kind of lumps too many genres into ones that have nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. And the thing is, actually, um, there's bands being lumped into the stoner thing that have nothing to do with stoner. Because I thought stoner bands are bands like Kaios and so on. Right. You know? Right from that time like in the 90s and um, what does Lucifer have to do with that we don't sound like that at all and we don't smoke weed so I I really don't get it Doom yes I think the problem is that people confuse Stoner with Doom they don't know what the difference is right and yeah there is certainly a Doom element in there but I think Stoner just sounds I don't know it just sounds a little bit like an insult to me I have no problem with like the original don't uh, stoner stuff from back in the day you know uh-huh. but now yeah. there's just so many bands that play you know at these festivals like desert fest and so on and there's a lot of samey samey fuzzy bands that <laughs> that i don't know that i just miss the songwriting they have like a particular sound you know like down 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 and that's it it's just like a bunch of dudes and like like extra large t-shirts and big and, beards 
our fears. <laughs> it's like, what, what, does, what does I have to do with that? I, you know, but it's fine, you know, to each their own. Uh, but I just want to point out again, Lucifer is not a stoner then. <laughs> but it's, it's really funny because I just got um, like a, a Century Media in America, the PR person sent me a, a snapshot of a new Revolver magazine um, thing about Lucifer and a feature which is awesome you know I'm of course I'm very appreciative about this but it's funny because I do say in that interview I hate the word stoner and yet they put in the headline that we are like a doom slash stoner band (laughs) oh you motherfuckers why (laughs) the thing is I don't get it why I never said Lucifer was a stoner band it's so weird I don't I really don't get how we can have that tag on us like over all these years I already dislike that word um when we did the oath, we talked about that, you know. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, funny because I, I, I struggle with this a lot, and the main, and the main reason I struggle with it is because I get asked more than you know often, like, oh, what kind of music is so and so? You know, especially if I'm writing about somebody, and in. Yeah. I, I'm all, and I try to be as cautious as possible, and. The thing is, is that when I have gone back and I've listened to bands that people consider to be stoner bands, they are bands that I don't particularly like. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like that kind of plotty kind of whatever. And then the extreme doom of it. Like I'm not a big fan of like the extreme doom where it, you, know, you know where it takes like you know like as much as I loved Cathedral, like I didn't love that that first that early cathedral where it took them 15 minutes to play two notes do you know what i mean like where it was just so <laughs> long yeah but getting it. but the thing was was that like I, I i i find that there seems to be sometimes a a very thin line between genres such as psych rock occult rock and yes yeah, so, so, some bands even just say they just want to be called classic rocker or, or just rock you know like you talk to graveyard and they're just like we're we're a rock band we, we you know yeah. we, we don't want to be called whatever you know but you talk to jess and the ancient ones and they're definitely a cult rock because that is what the basis of their lyrics and their lyrical content kind of cover the you know, the esoteric so with lucifer where do you find is your comfort zone like i mean because i would hate to call you doom because i don't think you're doom but i would also hate to call you um what do you call it um a cult because you haven't really brought in that esoteric thing to make it like a whole thing does that make sense Yes, I have on the first album a lot. But, oh, uh, oh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about on the current album. I'm talking about on the current <laughs> album. But but the thing is, um, I would always say, and I said that from the beginning, that Lucifer is a heavy rock band right. because there's some sort of heavy metal influence in there, sir. Mm-hmm. But it's a hard rock band as well, and heavy rock, I think, is the the proper term for it, especially in the late '70s. You know, uh, because it gets heavier than than uh, just hard rock or rock or whatever so yeah but whatever i mean rock hard rock heavy rock it's all good to me 
mm-hmm. you know or even if you say doom or whatever i think as long as it doesn't get too like particular because there's a lot of different facets in the music right you know so i i'm totally with graveyard on that one right and, and now and actually it's funny because it, this actually did lead into my next topic was that was that where i felt like lucifer one definitely ha- did have a lot more of an esoteric kind of uh, lyrical content lucifer two seems to have a little bit of it but again it seems to be more of a of like you said like a heavy rock album with um less of that in there or is there less of that in there or is it are you just like hiding it a little better because i didn't quite hear it as much as i heard it where it was definitely more prevalent on the first album no totally it was and i purposely um well it is still on the second album uh and you find a little bit of it in in almost all the lyrics right but I didn't want to because all the lyrics have been personal also on the first album but I shrouded it more in like mystical metaphors or whatever on the first album I just wanted to have the freedom of being more open about things because I'm a very um, emotional person and I wear my heart on my sleeve you know and I just wanted to because I can relate to music um, when I feel there's a window for me to like I listen to a song, I don't know, Led Zeppelin song or something, and I hear something that touches me, you know, in the lyrics. And um, I don't know, I just wanted to uh, connect more and, and hide less, you know, with, uh-huh. with, from people, with people. So I wanted people to be able to um, kind of connect more to the band. And there's also a reason why, you know, this California Sun video, which is meant to be a bit more tongue-in-cheek you know i mean exactly but it's really funny because you read some really like evil comments (laughs) on youtube (laughs) and um, people take it so serious you know it's like oh i bet these guys have never ridden motorcycles in real life yeah duh you know it's not supposed to look (laughs) real and i mean obviously it's a fucking green screen and a collage of things going on we're not trying to make you believe we're really you know riding motorcycles in front of like a screaming goat you know it's like, hello you know fun that's like fun in rock and roll and it's like i i don't know i just think people are sometimes so die hard serious it's that becomes a joke you know so um it's supposed music is supposed supposed to be fun as well and i didn't want lucifer to be this like stone dead serious doom band that maybe people saw it from the first album you know because there's a lot more to things that i like than only that you know that's what i loved about the video because i I think i told you when the video came out i messaged you right away and said that it was it was so hilarious because what i loved the most about it was exactly that is that you had this band who put out you know this specific album and that was kind of almost a serious album and then all of a sudden the first single off the off the first, the next album is this kind of like you said tongue in cheek video that almost kind of looks like the old 70s sexploitation kind of like cheesy video where like you know they're on the screen the hair's blowing and robin turns around and gives the finger to nobody you know and i just thought that was like it was like another side of lucifer that kind of could appeal to somebody that maybe might have even felt a little lost before and said oh i can connect with that you know 
Yeah, totally. I mean, um, I don't know what's with these people that uh, don't understand a little bit of humor, you know? I really don't get it. But, uh, well, it's almost, well, like, it's almost like people, uh, music fans are so weird and they're backwards. It's like if you're too serious, they're like, lighten up. And then if you lighten up, they're like, oh, you're you're too silly. Why are you being silly? So it's almost like you can't win. <laughs> no, and you know? you know what? It gets even harder when you're a chick, you know, a woman. <laughs> it's that you really... Um, you're really put under the microscope. It's um, hilarious. I read two different reviews about uh, Lucifer 2 today, and (laughs) they're both German. And one of them said, um, well, both of them had in common that they thought it was a great album, like all the instruments were played really well. But both had to pick on me. The first one was picking on me. He said, she has a really great voice and technically is a really good singer. Uh, But unfortunately, she sings really bored and uninspired like she has no emotional connection and uh, like like almost as if I'm like cold and I'm not feeling the music the next guy said exactly the opposite he said uh, she doesn't have such a great voice and technically isn't such a good singer but um, she made it um, the whole thing got great again because um, she sang so emotional (laughs) so I was like okay what is it I, I don't you know it's like I always yeah. I don't know. Whatever. You're like, make up your minds, man. I can't win here. No, I can't. It's, it's impossible. You can't make it right for everybody. You know, some people say my voice sounds like a shopping cart rolling down the, down the hill with, like, the brakes on. And another person says, oh, she has an amazing voice. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, they, I, must, I, they must be uh, thinking of Royal Thunder. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say that anyway. But anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I think, I mean, I can only do what I can do. I have a great time with this band and I loved making this album. And I actually can't wait to make the next one. And um, this time we make sure that it won't take so long. So we have in mind to put out the next album September next year. So Well, that's good because we won't have to wait so long. And what I kind of wanted to bleed into is that you guys are obviously doing some shows which have been getting some really good responses. Uh, you've got a touring lineup right now. Um, any plans to lock down like a permanent band or permanent members? Or do you, yeah, do you kind uh, of see this being a revolving door for the future? No, no, no. Definitely not, no. Um, I mean, the reason why this album was recorded just between uh, Nick, uh, Robin and I was because at the time it was just the three of us and we had the luxury of having Nick's studio. So we could just record it right away. And since Nick is a multi-instrumentalist, we weren't in the need of other people. But of course, we had to look out um, and find more members when the first shows got booked, you know, to complete the lineup. But these people that are in the band now, they are all fixed members. So when we record the next album, um, they will be involved. I mean, it probably will be that Nick and I write the songs again, but they will definitely be involved in the song uh, in the recording of the songs. So uh, no, this lineup is fixed. Well, that's got to feel really good too to know that you've got a lineup now of people that you can trust enough to say, "Hey, you know, I want you guys to be part of this next chapter." No, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it also feels like, you know, this lineup is all guys that are, like, full of fire and that um, are really great to hang out with. Everybody has, like, this... 
positive spirit that really wants to do it, you know, and we have a lot of fun rehearsing together and the first six shows that we just played. Um, so the whole band seems to be a completely different dynamic, you know, it, it feels really good. And I think Lucifer might have just finally arrived where it's supposed to be, you know, within itself. So, and see, I, I, I really do feel like, I know as corny as it sounds, I feel like that like Lucifer has really arrived because it feels good. It sounds good. And, you know, as a fan, I couldn't be more excited. Oh, that's super nice. Thank you, Don. Well, so I only have a couple more things just to kind of touch base with you on. And one of them, obviously, is being... Um, I first fell in love with your material as, as, a, as a fan of The Oath and going from The Oath to now. Looking back yourself, I know some people sometimes say, oh, I have regrets, this, that, the other. Do you look at anything and say, I wish I would have done something different? Or do you kind of look at what you've done as stepping stones to get to this happy place that you're at now? Um, well, I guess um, everything that you are at this moment in time is kind of made up from all your experiences that you had previously. So, um, well, I mean, I, I definitely do not regret what I did. I, I'm very proud still of the first Lucifer album and the Oath album. Um, I wish I would have saved myself a lot of heartache and drama stuff, mm -hmm. but I mm -hmm. guess that's just how life goes. You know, you don't know um, when you meet people and things work great that things can turn into a little bit of a nightmare. You know, you don't know that before. And um, but whatever. I mean, I'm proud of the result. You know, of the um, of the albums mm -hmm. and the music <laughs> is the most important thing for me. So. And how about as far as lessons in the industry? Because I know a lot of folks that, or at least some of my listeners who would listen to this are musicians, maybe even up and coming or, or you know, kind of lower level musicians. Um, you've had quite a lot of experiences, good and bad, in the business. What are some of the, what are some lessons that you feel like you've picked up along the way that you're like, that you that you like knowledge that you could share with others that you could say i have some advice for young bands really be careful what you sign always have a lawyer go mm -hmm. through your rec recording contract um because i learned my lesson and it was a very expensive lesson <laughs> <laughs> As you know, <laughs> well, anyway, I'm not saying a thing. <laughs> so never do, never do uh, a long support tour where you pay the majority of the fucking nightliner for for another band. Um, you might end up with a lot of debt, you know. And uh, I made the mistake of being with a booking agency that kind of used Lucifer to do that, and. Um, and then neglected to book any other more shows, you know, and right. even though yeah. that agency was picked among like five agencies that offered like a cool plan for Lucifer, you know, and it was quite horrible. And, um, well, I could talk some shit about some people invo involved, you know, I'm not a big fan of Ben Ward of Orange Goblin, for example, because he worked for that agency and was responsible for Lucifer. But, uh, 
Yeah, that's actually the first time I talk about this in public. Well, don't make it the headline, okay? Whoever hears it, hears it, whatever. Okay, but, uh, yeah, it, yeah I, I'm, I'm not about making a headline of that, <laughs> but I, I, I know what you mean. I, I don't like uh, like uh, making um, headlines with gossip because the music should be the most important thing about a band, you know. But yeah, the advice is, you know, um, be careful who you go with, what you sign, have a lawyer, have somebody experienced go through everything with you. Yeah. Well, so with that being said, I mean, well, first off, that's that's incredible advice, but it also seems like it would be um, very obvious advice. But I also know from my own personal experience that when people talk a good game, it's very easy for you to say, oh, and then forget all about everything. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Like, well, the thing is, yeah, I mean, the thing is... Um, it sounds like obvious advice, but things can also just happen, you know, and like, well, it seems obvious, but I know many bands, many known bands that signed deals that they didn't go through with a lawyer or that they didn't understand when they were young bands, you know, and that uh, those kind of deals kind of like bereaved them of a lot of money, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh. And also don't sign for too many records with a label. You know, you can always negotiate for just a few. You know, that's... Um, but how would you know these things when you are like a young person starting out in a band? You know, for you it might seem obvious because, I mean, you and I, we are both uh, not teenagers anymore if i may say so <laughs> <laughs> i am 17 how dare you no i'm just kidding i know what you mean <laughs> no i mean but you're right i mean it, you know it might it, it's obvious for people our age who have been doing this a long time and who have seen things and who have experienced enough to at least or even know people to have gone through certain things where I can totally see how a young band can get completely sideswiped these days and just lose everything whether it be like their publishing their their record their their name their everything do I or just their dignity yeah. oh and which, which to be honest, is worse than most of those things I just listed. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it, it, but it's a shame that in this day and age that there's still that that even even with the change in in the in the way the industry is, there's this big talk of oh, there's smaller labels though, but we're all about the bands and and we're all about the artist when really they're just no different than what they used to be. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, of course, there's differences, you know, um, but. I mean, there's even among the bigger labels, there's labels that have great people working for them and you can negotiate a deal in a way that it is a good deal for one, you know. Well, so how did you get teamed up with Century Media? Because Nuclear Blast was who I was really thinking you guys were going to be with for some reason. In my mind, I thought, okay, they're going to go to Nuclear Blast. Although Century Media wasn't that much of a surprise, but how did that happen? Uh, yeah, Nuclear Blast uh, isn't uh, that bad, but I think Century Media, in my eyes, had the uh, better reputation, and that was where I wanted to be. So I just, you know, um, I got in touch with Jens, you know, who's the um, head um, H uh, A and R of Europe, uh -huh. and uh -huh. he's like a big new music nerd and super great guy. And he's really into what he's doing, you know, and he's somebody who has a big heart and so on. And I just sent him two songs and um, 
yeah and so the love at first sight from lucifer's side i guess uh was um um answered <laughs> you know so. so yeah no that was absolutely they heard two songs and it seemed like they wanted us too so yeah what a girl what a great place to be so you're on a great label you've got a great lineup you've got a great album you're in a great place um do you mind me even saying that you are a, a grandmother now like which is pretty amazing <laughs> like that is like so i know it's a crazy thing i heard that um, Björk actually became a grandmother in her 30s too i didn't know that i mean it, it's amazing it's like i'm officially talking to the coolest grandmother on the planet you know <laughs> like i can't even believe it <laughs> it is really strange but it's also i think very cool and i think keith richards he would probably just like shrug you know with his shoulders be like yeah whatever i have like 500 grandchildren you know? <laughs> he's got like i've, I've got like i've got like you know, 2800 great grandkids he's probably got five more kids for all we know i mean he's probably still making babies for all we know you know who knows but <laughs> well so what about a tour what about a tour? I know you guys are doing some shows. I know you guys are going to be in the States for like one date, which yes. makes me sad because it's so far from Atlanta. But I know because, you know, the States are my second home. I live in, lived in L.A. for three years. And, right. Um, I love the U.S. despite your shit president. I hope they still let me in the country for saying this. But um, Oh, my yeah. God. Thank you so much for saying that, by the way. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, we got booked exclusively for that one show at Circo Las Vegas this year. But we certainly plan to come over next year for a tour. So um, yeah, because we, I mean, we want this Lucifer thing to keep going, and we want to be active, and of course, we want to be on the road with that baby. So next year is definitely uh, the year where uh, we pass by. Well, there's no reason you should not come to Atlanta, because we still need to hang out and have those glasses of rosé. So I will, I will bring a bottle, and we will celebrate. I love it. Okay, it's on, Don. Four glasses each. <laughs> 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 but we'll do it after the show so you don't pass out before you go on stage <laughs> yeah or like half half you know <laughs> hold, yeah hold the bottle on I'll, I'll just sing a few songs yeah. I'll just I, that would be great I could totally be your bottle boy I will just like stand on the side of the stage like in a cloak and I'll just hold the bottle for you and I'll just hand it to you every now and then it could be part of your stage show <laughs> well look well thank you so much for taking the time to do this and it was awesome talking to you and uh, good luck with everything thank you so much it was awesome to talk to you again and um, I hope we speak again soon and I'm looking very forward to the five bottles of rosé with you uh, I love it I love it I love <laughs> we will make sure it happens alright okay thank you so much Johanna and good best luck and everything give Nick and the boys my best I will okay so, thanks Say hi to all of you girls. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Cassie, too. I will say hi to Cassie. She is sitting over here watching me as we talk. <laughs> all right. Good night. All right. Well, you have a good evening. Thank you, Yana. Thanks. Bye. Right, bye. Bye.